0: Welcome back to For the Hell of It, a lifestyle podcast where I talk to everyday people about life and lessons learned while inspiring you to do things just for the hell of it. I'm your host, Ellie Topinka. I would love to start this episode first by saying happy Pride Month to any and all LGBTQ listeners and friends. I now want to say that this is by far probably the most controversial episode I have done so far. And by that, I mean, I know that there are going to be listeners who do not agree with or support this topic, but I really hope you stick around anyway. This conversation with my friend M is one that meant a lot to me. I have always considered myself an ally to the LGBTQ community, but if I'm being honest, I have not always been the most proud ally. I have spoke up at times when I have felt comfortable enough to do so, but I've also kind of hung back when I felt like it just maybe wasn't worth it. But I want to do better, and supporting and loving my LGBTQ friends, family, and neighbors is always going to be worth it. So with all of that being said, if you listen to this episode and you still choose to disagree with how I feel and see this amazing group of humans, then okay. But I will have absolutely no room for negativity or hate on this platform and it will not be tolerated in any way. I hope you can respect how I feel and I will be doing the same for you. All right, enough of all the heaviness. This is all about love. Let's get into the conversation. Hi friend, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I am so good. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I can't. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, good. Me too. So Em and I grew up in the same town. We went to school together. Um, We played soccer together uh we did a musical together one time oh gosh yes I was I was like oh my gosh should we find those photos we had to dye our hair black for the king and I turned
1: out purple yeah
0: (laughs) I know I'm like poor us all our naturally light hair just got like Totally damaged, um,
1: <laughs> so early, <laughs> so, so early
0: on in life, um, but I am just so excited for you to be here. Um, I well, first you. and foremost just want to kick us off by saying Happy Pride Month, thank you and, so much. Um, really happy, proud life in general, but we're gonna really focus this month. Um, but I am just gonna kind of have you jump in, and I'm excited for you to introduce yourself and kind of tell your story. I probably will kind of jump in and maybe stop you throughout. But I think it'll be just a little more fluid for you to just kind of like Go with it, and we'll see.
1: We'll see where the story takes us. We love fluidity. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. We're gonna.
0: (laughs) That's gonna be a theme of the episode.
1: I love that. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, hi everyone. Um, My name is M Hayward. For any of you listening that grew up in Hastings, you might remember me as Emily Benningfield. Hello. Um, I grew up in Hastings. I grew up in a a small conservative rural town, um, and I did not know that I was queer until. Well, I knew I was queer when I was probably 10, but I didn't have the language for it. So I didn't actually come out um, even to myself until I was in my 30s. Uh, COVID probably did a number for a lot of us when it comes to uh, <laughs> yeah. time spent with some introspection and thoughts and all those things. And I uh, finally had you know, the, the bravery, I think, to admit to myself like, hey, I am not fully straight and that is okay. Um so that process has been uh it's been interesting. It was, you know, I've I first had to admit it to myself, right? Like, hello, I'm Emily and I am queer. Um yeah. But then I thought to myself, okay, but I'm married and I I'm good. Like I don't I don't have to come out, right? Like that's I know it for myself, that's great. Well then <laughs> then me being as honest and as blunt as I am, um, I couldn't not tell my spouse, my spouse and I don't have secrets. We don't have, um, anything that we can't talk about or anything that could come up and we couldn't work through in some way, shape or form. We've been together for 14 years now. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I can tell Dan they'll, they'll be okay. They'll understand. And Dan, um, grew up in church their whole life. Parents were both pastors. So I was a little nervous, but I knew that Dan loved me. So I didn't think it would, you know, be a problem. And I gathered my courage. One day we had gone to Holland state park and gone to the beach and we'd spent all day in the sun and we were exhausted and Sandy and sun kissed. And, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get my kids in bed so I could tell my spouse, Hey, by the way, I'm gay. Um, which is kind of a weird conversation to bring up to someone that you're married to. Um, (laughs) right. Just for the record, I, you know, um, and for whatever reason, of course, my kids were like, I am going to stay up until 11 o'clock raging tonight. And I was like, great, this is perfect. This is fine. Um, but I just had that, like the gumption. I was like, I, I have to do it today today is the day i'm doing it so when they finally fell asleep i went over to my spouse they were sitting at the dining room table and i looked at them and i was like okay Ooh, and i like fired myself up and i went i have to tell you something and it came out more like vomit than words um <laughs> and they looked so concerned and they immediately like pulled me onto their lap and held me and said yeah what's up oh And I had practiced this whole speech, Ellie, I tell you what, I had spent the entire (laughs) car ride home rehearsing it in my head and I was ready. And as soon as they said, what's going on? I was like, I think I'm bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just started sobbing. (laughs) Oh, I can only
0: imagine. I mean, after like growing up doing like theater You probably have like rehearsed. I mean, literally rehearsed this over Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. over and over, and then my story completely out the window. The all for
1: not, yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So I just sat there like sobbing, right? And Dan is holding me, and I could feel their like, what just happened? Like I could feel them trying to prepare what they were going to respond with if they needed to respond or if they just needed to comfort me, you know, one of those kind yeah. of situations. And then I finally like got my poop in a group and I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm okay. I just needed to tell you that. And Dan was like, okay, does, can I ask questions? And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if I know the answers, but go ahead. And they were like, are, are you good though? Like, are, are we good? Are we Okay. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I, oh, I don't want anything to change with us. And they were like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for telling me. (laughs) And I was like, are you effing kidding me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, so it's funny. So we had kind of, you know, obviously I have known you for a long time and and we've been friends for a long time, but we also don't live near each other anymore. And we kind of are, we're disconnected, but we're still connected through the internet. And so that's kind of been our, our friendship, I would say which yeah. is still amazing, but you oh, know, it's from, great, yeah. from an outsider's point of view, when I saw, you know, this is me just kind of like processing this mm-hmm. from an outsider's point of view, I was like my first reaction. And I think a lot of people listening to this may be like, well, what's the point of coming out if you're happy and content with your life? And sure. that was, I'm going to be honest. That was my first, my initial, like, it was like a two second, like blip. And then Absolutely, I was like, yeah, but then I was like, but also they should be able to be who they are mm-hmm. and be proud of that and still be content. You know what I mean? So it was like Absolutely, yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> and I think people may, you know, that's what's hard for some people to maybe grasp is like it's it wasn't it wasn't like you were looking for something else in your life yeah. nece- necessarily at that point, but it was more like you just being able to be honest with yourself and the people that you love and that love you, you know. So I think, yeah, just making that distinction in my brain. And this is before I even talk to you. So this is me yes. just like having this <laughs> conversation like with myself, you know. But I was like, obviously, like it makes it it makes sense when you at first maybe it be it might be like, well, what's the point, you know?
1: But, yes, yeah. But,
0: But then you thought again,
1: and then there you go, right? Yeah, The first thought, when it's something like this, when you're, it's something that's maybe unfamiliar, or something you don't understand, right? The first thought is usually what society has taught us to think. Mm -hmm. And then the second thought is what we've actually are going to believe, right? So like, your first thought is what society very much thought because I told it to myself too, right? I'm like, why do I even need to say? Why? Anything? I'm yeah, fine, right. right.
0: Yeah. So, like, even you saying that when you were just explaining, I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, th- I, that it makes gives me feel genuine, a yeah. little better because I was like, <laughs> I felt bad after I had that initial thought. Like, well, duh. Yeah. Ellie, like, why wouldn't they be able to express that? Yeah. No matter what their you know relationship status is, you sure. know, being married. And- to a man and then being like but I also
1: like girls so yeah you know, like, I think they're pretty cute you know yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing for me that solidified it one I guess there's two parts to that one was always being honest and truthful um especially with Dan that is right again it's yeah. like the the core of our relationship right um but the second biggest part for me was for my kids yeah um because if I didn't share that, and I didn't show that that was okay. What does that teach them? Right. And I don't know how to. I don't know how to navigate it any other way at this point. Um, my whole family is so just open. We share things. We talk about everything to a point where, like, why do we even have a bathroom door anymore? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and so I think about it sometimes, where I'm like, you know, I was raised in a household that loved loved the gays, right? My mom Mm -hmm. was all about like, oh, these are these are my friends, Mike and Mike. They are boyfriends. They are hanging out with us today. And they were some of my very favorite people. I grew up knowing that it was okay. I grew up in a safe household for that where if I ever felt like I should come out, I could. And yet I still didn't. (laughs) Right. So yeah in my brain I was like I don't want my kids to ever have to come out personally. I want them to literally just be like, hey, this is who I'm dating. And for me to be like, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming over for dinner. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, that
0: (laughs) I have had so many conversations. So have you seen the movie Love, Simon before?
1: I have not. No. Okay.
0: So it came out, I don't even know, probably at least five years ago now. Um, And it's about a a high school boy who um, come to find out is gay and is definitely Mm. not out. And he um, is kind of like it's kind of interesting because they kind of show like this inner turmoil and then they show like his life and his family and his friends and then it's kind of goes back and forth between like how what he's thinking and feeling and then what he's living and so it's really it's I mean again I, I thought it was an interesting but there's sure. this there's this little kind of like funny skit part um, about <laughs> about if 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 um, People had to come out as like being he- heterosexual. Is that the right
1: word? <laughs> I'm like, yes. now I'm like, yep. Yep, yep. now I'm like, heterosexual, straight. If straight. they had to come out and say, yeah, I'm they straight. Had to come out and like, straight. And the so cat. there's
0: this montage yeah. of all of his straight friends coming out to their parents as being straight. And it <laughs> is hilarious. And oh, it's fun- I would love it. <laughs> I know. And it's funny. And it it's funny, but I remember watching it. I went and saw it with friends in the theater. And I remember sitting there and being like, oh my gosh, like we, it is such a normal quote unquote thing in our society to just blanket everyone as straight, that there, that there is only the assumption that you are straight. And so therefore you don't have to come out as being straight because it's just, because everyone just assumes you
1: are, are, because that's the norm. That's why they say it's, oh, go ahead.
0: No, it, I was going to say, it was just such an interesting, like, brain, like, oh, right, wow. Yes. Like, yes. it just blew my... It's so simple. But it's like, <laughs> having it, it played out like that was so interesting.
1: It's simple, but it's so hard for it people is. to grasp, especially if they're not surrounded by anyone in the queer community. Exactly. And the thing is, they are, they just don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> more, more people then you realize are either they we're in the spectrum, right? We're queer, we're, you know, some type of n- gender nonconforming, non-binary. There's, there's so many people surrounding you at all times that you would have no clue. And yeah. I like to think that like, now that I've come into my own a bit and I'm more comfortable about being out because initially like I came out to my spouse and right. then I came out to my family and then I was like, okay, that's good. I'm fine. I'm safe now. I'm good. I okay I'm curious. I yes. I
0: mean I know your family and I love your family. They're amazing <laughs> yes. humans. Um I mean I don't know them well but I know them and um what was their reaction? Like how sure,
1: Yeah, was,
0: was I can, I'm just like picturing, <laughs> like you said, your mom, I'm picturing your mom, like, Oh, just how she was. It
1: is exactly what you would think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I literally, I oh. built it up again and I rehearsed it all. And then I finally, we were at their house and it was just the four of us, um, or sorry, the six of us, because the kids were there too, but me and Dan, and then my parents. And I the kids were off playing doing something and I had already told my kids too. I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm bisexual and that's what this means. And they were like, oh okay, whatever. Like right. Kids kids are great, right? Kids
0: are well, that's the thing. Kids it I don't know when it switches. And it's not just for, you know, sexuality. It's for race. Yeah. It's for everything, gender, you know, like uh then... in my experience it switches in first grade.
1: Uh okay. <laughs> well yeah. Nora's that's... already coming home from school and telling me things that kids are saying at school about, well, two girls can't get married. And I looked at Nora and I'm like, what? And Nora being my child was like, and I told them they were wrong, but that's okay. You can be wrong. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh God. I love her. It was just
1: so good. But yeah. So I, I walk into my parents' kitchen and anyone that's been in my family, Family's house in the kitchen, like that's where talks happen. That is where because there's usually a snack out. (laughs) Yes, that's where we have our like our best times. And my parents were in there, and I I sat myself up on the counter like I used to as a teenager. And I said, "Hey, can I tell you two something?" And they were like, "Sure, yeah, what's up?" And I looked at Dan, and Dan gave me the nod, like you can do this. And I was (laughs) like, "Oh, it's so much easier when you have someone literally next to you to help you." Right. Um, And I said. I am bisexual. And my mom goes, "Say that again?" <laughs> and I went, "I'm I'm bisexual, mom." And she goes, "Woohoo! I finally got one." Oh, <laughs> she oh my gosh. Quite she literally cheered. And I was oh. like, "Are you what?" And she goes, "Oh, I'm so excited for you, honey. Thank you for telling me." And hugged me. And I was oh. like, that is the reaction every child deserves even absolutely. if they're in their thirties. Yeah. And my, my dad being a bit more stoic than my mom goes, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's typical. Makes sense. Yeah. That's a typical, <laughs> that's a typical dad. Just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. It. Yep. it just, it absolutely killed me. Cause he was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, <laughs> well, okay. Okay. <laughs> you could have, no, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then we won't get it. <laughs> so their reaction was great. My siblings also spoke very much to like who they are as people. And it's funny because a lot of the time people forget that I have an older brother (laughs) because he's very quiet. Yeah,
0: I do. I I don't even (laughs) know his name. Yeah. So my brother is
1: Andy. Okay. Uh, Yep. He is 40. So he's six years older than me. Um, And I just, uh, I told him on that like panic mode of like, okay, I got to tell him. So he doesn't, "Ah," I just have to say it. But like, my brother's not, we don't talk. Like, I know that sounds kind of awful, but like, no, we,
0: I mean, there's different, fi- you know, families have yeah, all sorts we, of dynamics. Yeah, we
1: love each other to pieces. Like, he has literally punched someone in the face for me one time. So, like, <laughs> I know my brother's there for me. I get it. But he's not a lovey-dovey person. He's a little right. odd himself anyway. <laughs> and so I was getting ready to, like, leave his place. or who I think we are at my parents' house again. And I was like, oh, hey, bro, uh, I-, I needed to tell you something. And I got really nervous. And he looked at me with that, like, wait what and I finally I realized and I was like I'm not pregnant
0: <laughs> right to be clear
1: <laughs> to be very clear I am not pregnant and he goes oh okay and I was like I am a little gay though because why would I say it in a normal way right, <laughs> right. and he goes what and I said I'm oh okay uh I'm bisexual and he goes <laughs> literally goes woo I am not <laughs> like okay (laughs) okay great I figured but thanks for (laughs) solidifying that right so he was very funny um and then my sister who I think more people are that know me are more familiar with Molly because she's my other half um yeah we have been besties since she graduated high school because we absolutely wanted to murder each other when we shared a bedroom um well which makes sense you have a little sister you get it yeah Um, totally but I I just I adore Molly and she's like who I have always looked up to. So I was like, Oh God, how am, I gonna, how am I supposed to tell Molly? And I asked if we could come over. Cause I didn't want it to be a phone call. Yeah. And we were sitting in her backyard and, um, my nephew was playing and running around like a little psychopath. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey Teddy, can you go inside and get me a cheese stick? And he goes, yup. And just like ran. Right. <laughs> and Molly's like, you like cheese sticks. And I went, no, I just really need to tell you something, but I need to just <laughs> tell you cause you're my sister. And she immediately stopped what she was doing and she turned to me and put her hands on my lap and said, You can tell me anything. Hmm. So then I started to cry and I was like, Okay, well, I'm bisexual and I just wanted you to know. And she hugged me and then she started to cry and she goes, Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Hmm. And I was like, Okay, you're welcome. (laughs) And then we just cried about it and it was great. Um, There was no like, She goes, I don't have any questions, I don't have any concerns. I just, I'm really glad that you get to be yourself now. And mm-hmm. her and my mom both went a little off the deep end with pride merch that year. Uh, just
0: <laughs> um, went
1: all in. I have so many rainbows at my house, uh, which is great. I love rainbows, but it was very funny. Like my mom goes, "Ooh," and I got this pin that says "Proud Mom," and I got. This. She just like oh, went through this God. whole catalog of things, and she goes, "And I found these shoelaces," and I'm like, "Wow, mom, that's." that's great. (laughs) You're like, wow, we're really changing our whole wardrobe around. Here we go. Yes, we are. We are committed. And I love that, though, because I knew that. Accepted it, but they celebrated it. And that's the big difference in some of the relationships that we've, you know, kind of dropped along the way. And I'll lead into that kind of stuff with um, sharing also my spouse, Dan, uh, when I came out to them, they were very funny. A couple, you know, weeks later, like, you know, I've been thinking about it and I am very straight. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you wanted to come out too, got it. And then (laughs) fast forward um, to our traumatic family event that we had, Uh, we had a house fire and we're all okay now, everything's good. We're, you know, we've worked through a lot, Um, but (laughs) but imagine this, we start therapy for the fire and then find out Dan is also gay and is gender fluid. So, <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, we're the gayest house in town. Like, if you've seen that pride rug at Target, um, it says gayest place in town. And oh it's got gosh. an arrow. I it's like it. a doormat. And it's I was like... like, oh, my gosh, we need that. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> that is Because we'd,
1: we have figured out so much during therapy about, like, why are we feeling these things? Why are we struggling to let go of these material items when we have this and we're safe and we're okay? And we've got all this like trauma that built up from this fire. Right. And we figured all the fire stuff out in like one session <laughs> and then deeply dove into what kind of healing we needed to do because we had been not hiding specifically, but protecting and guarding a part of who we were as people yeah, and repressing for our entire lives. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. it was, it was tricky. Um, and that's why for me, the coming out process was like a multi-layer process. Yeah. I never, when I first admitted it to myself, I never would have imagined sitting on a podcast talking about my sexuality at all. Like you could not have convinced <laughs> me. And now today <laughs> well, here I'm like, are. oh, this makes sense. Here we yeah. are. This is perfect. This is great. Um, so I went from like, I kind of tiptoed out of the closet and then I kept like, a piece of clothing in front of me to just like kind of peeked out every now and then like, Hey, I know you're safe. Hi, I'm gay. And then hit again. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, And then I was finally kind of like, okay, this isn't any better than just not coming out at all. Like, right. This is not teaching my kids that they can be their whole authentic selves anywhere. This is teaching them that they have to, they have to mask and they have to stifle, whatever their cause is that might make someone else uncomfortable. And I, right. I was raised better than that. My mama would be so upset if she thought that I couldn't just do what I wanted because I want to do it. Cause that is her phrase. I do what yeah. I want. Yeah. And, and so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it. And I just yeah. went fully public and I talk about it. I share about it. I educate about it. It's like, part of my job now and I think um being as loud as I can about it is what I needed as a closeted queer child especially in a small conservative town that does yeah. not necessarily have the best intentions for queer kids uh, at the forefront of their brains yeah. um, and I figured the louder I can be and the more visibly gay like I buzzed my hair off. I've got a septum ring. (laughs) Like I dress very typically gay a lot of the time now. And it's all outfits that I would have loved to wear in middle school and high school, but was like, I don't know. It makes me look kind of gay. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I look gay, yeah. look at me go. <laughs> like I celebrate it when I walk into my office at work and they're like, oh, you look extra gay today, congratulations. I'm like, well, it's pride month, of course I do. Like I have to well, look extra gay, right?
0: <laughs> what's funny about that though, is like you saying that is like being loud about it. That's one thing that I always like, always just really rubs me the wrong way when someone is like, oh, you know, like I don't, I don't care that they're gay, but I just don't want them to rub my face in it.
1: And I'm like,
0: okay, so hold on a (laughs) second. So you can wear whatever you want and you Mm -hmm. can cut your hair however you want. And you can speak however you want because that is how you represent yourself and express yourself. But because someone does something different than you, you feel like it's offensive and too too loud. Like it's it's just so – it's so – Confusing to me. I'm like, it's not any different than someone wearing yeah, you know, it just
1: oh my gosh. It's, it's it, it yeah, it's infuriating, right? It, it it's, really is infuriating it's to the point where it's like you can see it because you understand how absolutely stupid it sounds, right? Yeah, but the people that are so focused on well, I just don't want it shoved in my face. Okay, yeah. how do you think I feel living in a small town that is a church, every block that is telling me the opposite of what I believe. Exactly. When it comes to pride. It's
0: okay. But it's okay okay. for them to, to share their beliefs. Sure.
1: Yeah. And that's not, you know, all the posts that I will see about that or all the things about, and it's not just church. It's about, you know, um, like every straight wedding I've ever been to Mm -hmm. Marriage is between one man and one, like it's, Actually, (laughs) marriage is about love and love can happen across all sorts of genders and gender identities. It's great. But the idea that people think it's being thrown in their face are choosing to see it that way. When in reality, when they see something come up, they could literally just scroll past the page, move on with their lives because there's not actively like legislation going through. That harms them. And there's not um, people walking out because a pride flag was hung up. Like, there's, yeah. they're not, they want so badly for some reason to be the ostracized ones to be like, oh, well, woe is me. Cause there's <laughs> this competition in life about who has it the hardest. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Like, I know that I'm a queer, gender nonconforming person. I still don't have it as rough as I like a queer. Yeah black woman or, you know, like I understand that there is still a level
0: of privilege, even in your situation,
1: even in my disadvantage, there's still a level of privilege. I'm not seeking gender affirming care at this stage because I feel pretty darn good where I'm at. Um, That doesn't mean that, you know, I won't fight for that like crazy if my kid needs it someday. Um, But I just, I think seeing it as the other rather than just another yes, is the most frustrating part um, because we're just we're literally just trying to live our lives that's the biggest thing and we get one month a year <laughs> to be really loud and fun and celebrate together and you don't have to go to pride you don't have to go to any of the events if that's something that you feel is being thrown in your face you can do anything else you don't you don't have to go to any of these things um, yeah I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh really hard because it said if you are really concerned about gay marriage and worried about um, sinning and being in a gay marriage blah 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 here's a tip don't have a marriage that's gay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like don't say yes if someone gay proposes to you and like it's pretty it is simple. it is pretty simple just yeah. live your life and leave me alone yeah, it, that, that's all that it is. So,
0: yeah, it's yeah, a 100%. So mm-hmm. I do want to sp- um, speak, you know, specifically, and this is something that and I'll just kind of explain where this whole idea even came from. So mm-hmm. I have always considered myself and I and I am, explained this in my intro, but um, I've always considered myself an ally. And it's funny because we grew up in the same town and yep. <laughs> I don't ever remember my parents really specifically like teaching me about being inclusive but somehow I just became inclusive like I don't I don't know I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. like I I feel like I've always had a very open mind like I'm just like I I don't care I care but I don't I genuinely don't care who you love who you like what you look like Whatever, and that's just I I I mean maybe they did do a lot of things that I mean I love my parents and they are so sure. open and so like <laughs> yes. inclusive, but like I don't remember them specifically. We grew up in the nineties, right? So I don't think yep. there was the resources maybe at that time to like sit down with a kid and explain what being gay even meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh and, yeah. And maybe there was, but not as not as readily available. And oh, so, not
1: nearly as easy as it is to find out. Ex- oh my goodness. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, anyways, all that being said, I've always considered myself an ally, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there have been periods in my life where I have held back some of that. I've always felt it and I've always mm-hmm. continued to support and love everyone. But there yeah. have been points in my life where I feel like I hold back because I don't want to ruffle feathers. And yeah. I don't yeah. want, I am very much a people pleaser. I have always been a people pleaser. Um, and so in certain situations or with certain friends or certain whatevers, I either avoid the conversation. Yep. I um, either speak up and then it's gone really wrong. So then the next time I just choose to not say anything at all. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, for whatever reason in the last few months, it's just been really bothering me. And I think it's because I, I think it's because this platform has doing this podcast has shown me, like, I've had so many people reach out to me and be like, thank you so much for talking on this. Like people that I wouldn't have thought About certain topics, you know, were You didn't even know you reached them, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm really doing a disservice (laughs) to myself (laughs) and my family and my community that I'm building if I'm not being a 100% authentic and sticking up for those that I truly believe I should be. And so I reached out to you because I feel like you're a very safe space for me, but you also but you also are going to like help me educate and be better. And so <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask you in your opinion, what being an ally even means. And mm-hmm. then um, for someone who is maybe listening to this and thinking like, I want to be an ally. Like I want to do that, but yeah. I don't really know like how or like, where do what... I even
1: start? Exactly. <laughs> so if you just want to yeah. go
0: ahead and give us, preach get up there yes and just all the good <laughs> climb up onto
1: my soapbox real quick yes <laughs> exactly um yeah being an ally uh I actually just shared a post um on my Facebook I think the other day of a memory from a few years ago when I said like I haven't been nearly a loud enough ally lately happy pride and then I read it because you know your Facebook memories show up and mm-hmm. remind you of how freaking awkward you were all those years ago <laughs> oh, and who gosh. let you on a computer um but I read that one and I literally snorted, which I know you understand. Oh, yes. Where, the when snort I laugh. And yep. it just I snorted because I was like, Ally, you are adorable. You poor, th- you poor closeted baby. Like <laughs> I that was literally the year before I came out. Oh my I gosh. posted that. How and I was like, well, all right. I should have seen yeah. that coming. But especially <laughs> after my, you know, my dad saying, yeah, I figured her if that makes sense. Like, OK, yeah. Um, but before I recognized that my strong allyship was just that I was a clustered queer person, um, I always thought that being an ally was just loving people for who they were. And that was enough, right? Well, unfortunately, that's really not enough anymore. Um, back then, those days, I suppose, there there wasn't the rhetoric around the dangers of being a queer person in the U.S. right now. Um, I can't even watch the news sometimes because of how hateful some of this legislation that's going through and how harmful and how many kids could really just die from this. Uh And I realized that old version of being an ally is no longer enough to show that you care about people. Voting is the best way to be an ally. Voting for people that are queer affirming and they celebrate (laughs) people Mm -hmm. um getting out and voting and doing that and encouraging people around you to not be you know kind of laid back about their efforts with how they vote Um, yeah the loudest way to love someone is to celebrate who they are wholly right Mm -hmm. and if you do that by voting for things that will help protect them that's like a huge 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 one um another one that i've found is uh speaking up for us. Uh, and I say us in general, again, I can't speak for the whole queer community, obviously. Right. Um, but the people I've interacted with and the podcasts that I do listen to and friends and um, just life experience has shown me that it's so hard to stand up for yourself in a room where you don't know who your allies are. Yeah. And so if something happens and you don't know, oh God, I, like I'm really uncomfortable with that because that seemed a little homophobic or a little transphobic or something, having a straight ally pop up and say, Oh, Hey, we need to fix that. Um, yeah. one shows me, oh, "Okay, you're safe. I can come hug you after this. Great. But it also, I, I don't know if you've seen the bumper stickers that say gay and tired. Uh, no, <laughs> maybe but, it's just me, but, but yeah. it is the, it is just that fact. Like I, I would rather be tired from my job and my children and yeah. be like, Ooh, okay. That was rough. Yeah. But like, I'm not tired from that stuff as much as I am just being constantly bombarded with attacks of, yeah, you know, my own humanity. So for me, I saw um, a really great post from a, a friend the other day that said, uh, "If you call yourself an ally, but you're not getting hit by the same stones, you're not standing close enough." Wow. To me, yeah, that was a really powerful image because I thought about. All the times that I've stood in front of a queer teenager that I've, I work with at, through my job with mentoring stuff um, and how I've defended them and how I've seen them take a deep breath like, okay, m has got it. I can just relax. Unfortunately, queer adults also need that. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. need We need that safety and that support because a lot of the time, at least again in my experience, us queer adults didn't have that as a kid either. And so a lot of us are kind of parenting our inner children through that and healing through that of, yeah, well, my parents didn't know. So how are they supposed to help me? Because I know had I come out as a 10 year old when I really knew that I liked girls um, and if I had had the language for it, I think it would have been easier to come out, but I didn't know that bisexuality was a thing. And I thought if I liked girls and I had to be a lesbian, right. <laughs> like I thought that was a rule and I don't know who, I don't know. I went to public school. That's probably what we all <laughs> end, right? Right. But like, I thought if I liked girls, I had to be a lesbian, but I was confused because I also liked boys. And I was like, that's, that's not an option then. So I don't want to be a lesbian because I like boys, but I don't want to, not like girls because they're like really pretty and they smell good and like (laughs) they're way cooler to talk to at this stage in life (laughs) but like (laughs) but I thought about it and I was like well I don't know and then I remember very clearly in sixth grade I heard the word bisexual and I asked wait what does that mean and someone and I won't say their name because I know you know who they are I don't know (laughs) if they listen to this so it would be really awful but somebody in my class said oh a bisexual is just a greedy person because they can't make up their mind Oh my gosh. So that was my introduction to bisexuality. (laughs) right? Right. And I was like, Oh snap. Okay. Well, so I was like, well, I don't want to be seen as greedy. So I'm just going to say I like boys. And then I like went over the edge and went like in the deep end boy, crazy to like mask. Right. Had I had a stronger ally in my corner to tell me like, Oh, it's okay. Girls are cool. Um, again, I think I would have, I knew early on in life. I just didn't right. have the language. I didn't have the, the allies surrounding me to be able to feel like I could say anything about it. So stand close enough as an ally. And that, that means everything from voting in favor of the things that protect us. That means posting about it. That means wishing people a happy pride. That means. Um, putting your pronouns on your name tag or in your email signature at work. Um, something that I always, always, always appreciate is when I'm at a meeting and I hate when you have to go around the room and introduce yourself and do the whole like, <laughs> I get it. I understand. It's so cringe. Who I am, but like, I wish most of the meetings I sit in, I all we would have to say is, hi, I'm M. I use they, them pronouns and I work for this organization, right? Mm-hmm. Move on. Nope. They always want you to throw in a fun fact. And I'm like, yeah, my <laughs> pronouns are my fun fact. Move on. But I understand. <laughs> and I think the easiest time for me to feel really, really comfortable is if someone else shares their pronouns too when they're introducing okay. themselves. So, like, my coworker, Megan, is one of the most aggressive allies I've ever met. And we tease about like, are you aggressive ally like I used to be, or are you really just an ally? And she always laughs cause she goes, no, I promise I'm not gay, it's fine. <laughs> but every time we go to a meeting together, she makes it so she introduces herself first. Mm. And she says, hi, I'm Megan. I use she, her pronouns. And I work at this organization doing this job every time. And it's one of those things that is subtle but for people like but me in the so room, so inclusive, like oh, it, it's yeah. so inclusive and it makes it, you know, you might not have someone or you might have like a trans or non-binary or gender fluid or, you know, all these different gender identities. You might have someone sitting right at that table with you and you don't know. And you might still not know because they might not be comfortable enough to share their own after that. But at least they know
0: mm-hmm. that
1: someone in the room is okay with being at least a little uncomfortable by sharing their pronouns. Yeah, and it's having so... that teeny bit of discomfort to protect you, the queer so, person. So I is have a so question. Important.
0: I have yeah. a question on the pronoun thing. So mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me that <clears throat> now the pronouns that does not bother me at all. Like yeah, it. But there, for whatever reason, people get so. <laughs> in a tizzy
1: about
0: the, I mean, I don't even need to explain this to you. My pronouns
1: are USA. Like, (laughs) no, that's, did you fail English that hard? Like (laughs) I just,
0: what I don't understand personally is why people take so some people take such offense to it. And I think what it is, is it's not, again, it's people fear what they don't understand. So anything, so anything that, which I kind of can sympathize with in some ways because there's lots of things that I'm, that I don't understand that I am scared of that have nothing to do with, you know, even social topics. This is just like, you know, in general. So it's like, I can sympathize with that in some ways, but it's also like just a small way to like see and love someone that is not hard to do. It is literally a word. It is not you know, but, but it is attached to something that is more meaningful. So, yes. So I think what yes. I like, <laughs> that's str- exactly it. Yeah. Like what I struggle with is like, even if you don't necessarily agree or understand, does it hurt yep. you to say they over, over saying she or he mm-hmm. versus she or whatever it is, whatever like, the switch is, from whatever the switch is, yep. it's, it doesn't Hurt you and I just want people to like try and be a little bit more open-minded <laughs> right. like if you can and I I understand it's if you are like oh I just don't get it why, why does it matter why mm-hmm. does, it doesn't matter to you but it matters yep. to them and if you want to be a kind loving inclusive person mm-hmm. putting forth a little effort is not I think we've just gotten very lazy. I think we like don't so lazy. Like we just don't want to have to put forth any effort to be social. Yeah. We just want it to be because people want it to be easy. And so they're like, just be like me that way. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to work hard at it. I don't have to question it. But I do think on the, on the opposite side is that some people like myself. So I've been in a couple situations. So you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> M shared with me ahead of time that she, sorry, excuse me, they okay. prefer mm-hmm. they them, and so I literally have a sticky note on my computer right now that says <laughs> they them in massive black letters because that is I have known yeah M since I was in early. Late elementary, like early 11, middle school. 10, 11, yeah. uh-huh. So I have known you a very long time and I always referred to you in the past as her or she. And yep. so for me, I am now having to put forth effort, but I am doing mm-hmm. that because I care about you. And so yeah. I just, I want people to just maybe reframe their thinking on it a little bit and you yeah. don't have to completely understand it. But if you want to still love and include those people putting forth a little effort is not going to kill you it's really not absolutely
1: yeah and to put it into terms that other like heteronormative brain functions can manage I got married and I got a new last name and people did that just fine yeah exactly And I know that people will still refer to me from my maiden name. I know they will because I live in my hometown. And that honestly, I I use that to my advantage at this stage in my life because people (laughs) loved my parents as teachers. And if that's going to help with something, why wouldn't I? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. um, But it's it's as simple as, okay, well, my sister got married and is no longer a Benningfield. She is now a Singletary. So I'm going to call her by that name and that's my that's my sister like that is such a like
0: profound thought (laughs) yeah it's it's my sister
1: i've known her my literal entire life and i have never once since called her molly benningfield as soon as they got married i changed her name in my phone i changed the email that i had i i did the stuff because that's my Mm. sister and that's her name right right and i don't think people even realize um in the simplest of terms, how often we use um, neutral pronouns. Oh, like All the time. All the time. And the best example I give is when someone tells me that me using they, them is confusing because I'm only one person. I say, okay, question for you then. If you found a cell phone on a park bench, oh my gosh, someone left their phone there. I hope they come back for it. Should we turn it in for them? (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) How many times do you just say, like, it's literally, we yeah. use it all the time as a singular. Yeah. So all the people are like, well, I'm just like an old school grammatics person. I'm like, no, you're dumb. And you can't switch your language. Like, it's fine. Just practice. Do you, and, do you
0: mind me asking Um, what, again, this is me just trying to like understand why, yeah. why you're choosing to use they, them over
1: like over she, she her. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is to me, that's actually the most recent knowledge bomb that went off in my brain. Okay. And I'm gonna send you, um I'm gonna send you an Instagram reel. It was probably on TikTok too. I don't know. But there's a content creator that I follow. Her name is El Duran, and she uses she, they or they she. I can't remember what order it currently is in, but um, She's a trans and she gives this really amazing talk about pronoun usage and how, you know, if someone that you care about, you tell them that you've switched and they mess up, they, you did it exactly right, Ellie. Like you, you're like, yeah. oh, no, I'm going to mess it up. So I put a note on, I you, literally you did corrected already. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You corrected yourself. You said, sorry. And you move on. Yeah. That's it. That's all we, that's all we're asking at the beginning. Right. It, there does come a point, and uh, Al talks about this in the video that I'll send to you, and you can share it with yeah, I would everyone. To. It's great. Um, but there will come a point that like, if someone continuously mm. uses the wrong one and does not correct themselves, then that's a conversation of, are you a safe person to keep in my life? Because if you're not willing to put forward the smallest amount of effort to practice and practice when I'm not in the room, talk, uh, talk about me to someone and practice and tell them, Hey, hold me accountable. If I use the wrong pronouns. Okay. I need to practice. Yeah. If you do, if you do that effort, I know exactly how much you love me. Right. Right. If you mess it up and then go, Oh, it's just so hard. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to talk then. Right. Yeah. So I feel like as long as there's intentional effort to grow, It's, I don't expect perfection because again, like for my sister, I haven't messed up because it's my sister. And that's like, I talk to her daily with someone like our, our distant type of friendship where we get to interact via social media and laugh, reacting to each other's hilarious memes. um, (laughs) I feel like I expect for you to mess up because you've known me as she, her, as Emily, you've known all these things about me for so long. And we don't see each other daily for you to be like, they them and got it. They them right. M. got it. Yeah. But I know that you are keeping my best intentions and my safety in mind. And I know that you're working on it. So to yeah. me, that right there is being a good ally. Well, I settled. Thanks. I'm on, trying. Yeah. You're but that's it. That's exactly it. It's just yeah. trying, making yeah. that effort. Um, but I was I listened to that uh video from Elle and in it they were saying um people that refuse to correct it or can't understand it that she feels sorry for them that maybe they don't understand their own gender identity on a different level mm. and she goes I'm not saying everyone is trans but if <laughs> you can't think of anything outside of man and woman then we f- I, like I feel bad that you feel so stuck within that role and if you can really grasp what it means to feel like a trans person or a non-binary person, that's when you can understand it the most is when you're like, you know, I can understand why some people might feel like they're not quite as feminine or they might feel like this. And for me, it boiled down to a therapy session. Um, my therapist, Kella, shout out to her because she's mm-hmm. a queen. Um <laughs> she has gotten me through so much of this gender identity stuff because I just at one point was talking about like giving this presentation for work and she goes okay so like what pronouns do you use then and I said well I use she her and she goes okay why (laughs) and I was like I don't know um well because okay hold on and then I had to buffer for like <laughs> Three minutes solid. I just blankly stared at my screen because we telehealth visit, right? Right. And I'm staring at my screen and I'm like, I I don't know. And she's like, I'm not trying to question you or call you out on anything. <laughs> right. I'm yeah, I'm letting you know though. Yeah. yeah. She's like, the way that you've spoken about <laughs> inclusivity and being an ally to trans and non-binary people and this, this, and that. And I was like, well, yeah, but I feel like I'm extra sensitive to that because my spouse is gender fluid. Like, yeah, of course I'm extra sensitive to that. And she goes, "Uh uh-huh, just think about it. And I was like, okay. And I hate when she does that, but I love when she does that (laughs) because I'm like, just think about, okay, I will hyper focus on this until next week when we talk about it. Um, But I really did take it seriously. And I sat down and I was like, okay, well, why do I use she, her pronouns? And I was like, is it, because I was born with a vagina okay that well some trans men have vaginas so okay uh is it because and I started going through all of these things that are very just the societal standard of a gender norm and I was like hmm, I don't really feel like that fits all that much and then I started digging into like just past examples of my life where like I've always had a hard time keeping female presenting friends very close. And for a while I thought it was because, well, maybe it's because I'm gay and I'm, they're worried that I'm going to have a crush on them or something of the sort. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that turned into, or could I just not really connect with like a full group of like assigned female at birth people and people that identify she, her, I'm a woman, I'm this. And I'm like, okay, but no, I'm like a really big feminist though. Like that's it. And then I was, and then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking everyone should be a feminist M get it together. Like yeah, just because it says femme and it doesn't mean you have to like, huh. Right. Okay. And so I spiraled Ellie. I really did. Yeah. I spiraled for a while. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. And I finally, like, I sat down with Dan because Dan had come out to me, um, both as, queer and then gender fluid within like just a handful of months and I was like yeah I know but okay thank you for telling me like (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited we get to join the party but I sat down with them and I said um because I just bought them like a gender fluid pride flag and we'd hung it up in our room and we were like small celebrations together we were excited and they asked me do you think you might be a little gender fluid? Cause remember when I said I wasn't bi and then we both laughed and I was like, no, I don't think I'm gender fluid. And they're like, okay. And I was like, but uh... <laughs> I was like, I, I think I just feel like I'm, I don't know, like easy label. I'm just kind of gender nonconforming. So for a while I use she, they, and I still think I have she, they on most of my social media platforms. I'm not uncomfortable with she, her pronouns. They just don't always fit right, you know? Yeah. And so if someone calls me she or refers to me as she, I'm not like (gasps) triggered. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. Yeah. But the more I unpack it, the more I recognize how much of my gender identity was just because of what it was supposed... I was a tomboy. That's fine. Like, I skateboarded and I liked my Mm -hmm. weird baggy clothes and I didn't know how to do makeup. And like, okay. But I also am incredibly good at listening to people and comforting them. And I'm very motherly. So like, I'm not just not, but I'm, right. I'm more than that. And I don't want um, who I identify as to be limited just because society limits our genders. So to me, they, them was a very freeing experience to be like, yeah, I can be who I am, regardless of what parts I have. Um, yeah. And now what parts I don't have, I just had a hysterectomy. So like... <laughs> And people are like, oh well, if no uterus, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, I don't have one. Like I'm good. I can't procreate anymore. So yeah. that doesn't make me a woman because it if it did before, am I now not because I had my hysterectomy done? So it just yeah. feels like a much more authentic space for me. And I want to give a little shout out to um, Spencer LaJoy for that. I know you know Spencer. Uh huh. And I've been friends with Spencer for years, right. I have yeah. secretly hoped to be adopted by the LaJoy family at some yes. point. <laughs> they um, really are and great. that, that wish came true. They invited me to Florida with them for a vacation one time and I couldn't go. And I was so mad, but it was very <laughs> like, I was like, all right, whatever. I'm an honorary LaJoy. I'm set. Um, but Spencer really, really set the tone for me when, uh, they moved from Hastings out to Colorado and then they met their future wife and then they came out and they were like, oh yeah, I'm bisexual. And I was like, that's, whoa, cool. Hey, I know what that word means now and it's not bad. Um, but it was before I recognized any of that about myself and watching Spencer over the years grow and be so genuinely and authentically themselves yes, has absolutely changed my worldview um honestly I need
0: to get them back on I need to get them on here because
1: they would be so great at it like whatever topic they would kill it because they're wonderful they just they are what good people are made of and um a couple summers ago they performed a concert in my backyard and it was a last minute like Patty was saying she was supposed to have it at her house at like the LaJoy's mansion, I don't know, like <laughs> it's a beautiful home. And they usually would host Spencer as like a family concert. And she called me at the library where I was working at the time. And she said, Hey, does the library want to host a concert? And I was like, it's not, there's not like enough space out there though. Like she was thinking about the patio at the Hastings Public Library. It's not that big. She was, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just am, like, I'm out of ideas. And I was like, Patty, just have it at our house. Like we have a huge backyard. We've neighbors are far away. We live kind of in the boonies." And she was like flabbergasted that I would say, I was like, I'm sorry, you're telling me I could have live music. That's really excellent in my backyard. Right. Why not? Duh.
0: Yeah. And Spencer came
1: and they, I mean, they were hilarious. They're just the sheer weirdness that they allow themselves to have in front of other people is very inspiring to me (laughs) because I'm a very weird person (laughs) and I'm comfortable being that weird now, but, uh, Spencer got up and was singing and doing these amazing like loop pedal songs and just like kicking so much butt and then they got very like serious and like um, introduced a song that they had just written that had like absolutely blown up on their social media called Plowshare Prayer and they talked about how it was their like kind of cathartic outlet um, for some of the church hurt that they've gone through because of being bisexual and mm-hmm. then because of being non-binary
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know changing their name and yeah recently going through top surgery like they've been through the whole thing of it and I was I mean I obviously was very moved by the music because I'm an emotional person as it is but then that message like if you haven't heard that song I would highly recommend I, it. I, I know I follow them
0: on Facebook yeah. but I'm gonna have to go check it out because I'm not yeah. sure that I've heard it
1: it is one that I, I literally listened to it before you called today because oh. I was like, I need to get in the right mindset for this yeah. because I was nervous and I was like, what if I say the wrong things? And I was oh. like, all right, you, t- well, you say what, what would things. Spencer do? I I <laughs> you're with sticky sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel very, uh, I feel very humbled that you wanted to talk to me about this topic because it is, I can't imagine, um just the, the thought that went into like, I feel so appreciative that you know that I'm safe, that you know you can ask me these questions and I'm not gonna judge you for them. I'm gonna help you learn. Like that is a big thing for me. yeah. Um, but Spencer came and sang that song in the backyard and I, I just wept, like I was a wreck. And they were so brave because they sang about all this hurt and there were people in the audience that night that had hurt them.
2: Mm.
1: And it was, yeah. I was like, I. what like I just I couldn't even conceptualize it at that stage in my queerness and now I feel like I've kind of leveled up a little bit and I feel like I can be open about who I am as a person and I cannot worry because like honestly if someone is going to be that upset with my identity the trash can take itself out you know what I mean yeah I am not gonna let that take up my time space or peace anymore and I'm not going to let it affect my partner or my children. It's just, it's not welcome here. And so Spencer has been one of those people that I've very much looked up to. And when I recognize like the um, non-binary side of myself, I was like, oh, okay, well, what is Spencer going to do next? Because that's probably right. what I'm going to do next. <laughs> <Right. then. laughs> but it was yeah. just such a comforting path. Like, of, I'm watching Spencer do it and I'm watching Spencer succeed. And I'm like, probably painting them to be this like, perfect human and it's because I think they are they're really wonderful um but I also know the humanity of them and I know how much they would they're going to give me crap for this one I tell them uh on Thursday <laughs> when we have coffee together that I just gushed about them but um well I hope they well. are a good person to follow for yes yeah every how, bit of thing
0: how like amazing to have a friend and someone that you can You know, really, like you said, like it's so important to have someone where you feel safe and comfortable, but also that you, that you also are like, okay, like we can talk about this stuff because that they, they understand. And that's not something that I could necessarily talk to you about. I mean, I, right. I'll talk, I'll talk all day, but <laughs> I don't have, I don't have that lived experience. So yeah. I think having someone, I'm, I'm just glad that you two have each other. Cause I think that it's been is really great. Yeah. Really important.
1: And I think another big thing that's like, um, it's just, it's very affirming to me as well. And I told you, we texted about this as well, but um, for a while there, I would get the like, okay, but if you're married and you're happy, why even come out? Right. And Mm -hmm. then I texted you. So I was like, Hey, I don't want you to be too surprised if I bring this up. But we, we went from being in a monogamous relationship to being in a polyamorous relationship. And for us, it was both about wanting the other person to be able to experience what they had wanted to experience, but couldn't because of our childhoods. Right. Yeah. And that's all it started as. And then that turned to us learning more about the polyamorous community and about what that looks like to be able to share in relationships with other people and not just, not just the physical side of things, but genuinely like doing life together, which I say that and I cringe because that was said to me at church so many times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think about it in the capacity that um I mean I had my hysterectomy almost 2 weeks ago and one of my partners took me because Dan had to teach. And then today, literally today Dan had their tonsils out. Oh my and gosh. I had to work and I took the kids to work with me and our partner took Dan to their surgery so like oh wow we tease we call it poly perks as a tease but it <laughs> genuinely it's like it's so helpful sometimes because it's another set of ears and eyes and we've learned that like through dating and like the dating world is scary I don't recommend it yeah. <laughs> um, especially once you've been married and you're like wait this is ah, I hate it here but there are some really cool things that we have been able to learn about ourselves because of having dates with other people. And to me, it would have been a lot easier if I could have just had friendships that I could be that vulnerable and open with. Um, But I feel like some friendships, if you don't start that way, how do you get there, especially as a grown up? How do you make? Friends as a grown-up, I don't yeah. understand. Oh, I got a, I got an
0: episode coming all about that. Oh, so, oh yeah. yay! Okay, I will
1: be the <laughs> first know, one to listen to that. Well, one. I don't
0: know that it's going to be like completely earth shattering, but that is definitely a topic that everyone
1: seems interested in. So, and yes. it, I think that's all of us seem to be looking for that too, right? We yeah. want those like laugh until your sides hurts kinds of relationships, and we found that within the poly community because, generally speaking people who are polyamorous are a bit more open-minded to things that are different uh, than most people. And so we found out a lot about ourselves through that as well. And I think um, an important thing that if you have anyone that's going to listen to this, that maybe hasn't come out and maybe isn't sure if they want to come out or if they need to come out or whatever they need to identify as whatever they need to say to themselves. I just want them to know that you don't have to have any experience in it to be valid in your sexuality you don't have to have any of that I was completely bisexual in 2020 just like I am completely bisexual in 2023 the fact alone that you are curious enough (laughs) means you're a little gay and that's okay right yeah and I think um something that my therapist told me too when I was Kind of breaking down as I do with poor Kella. She gets paid the big bucks for reasons, <laughs> but uh, I think the biggest thing she told me is, "Um, straight people don't wonder if they're gay." Yeah, and I was like, the- "But they, they probably do, right?" And she goes, "They don't." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, nope. it wasn't like a well, maybe it was a very definitive, <laughs> full sentence. Like, no," nope. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, okay. Okay. Then I am definitely gay and I'm definitely gender nonconforming, non binary. Yep. Okay. I don't, huh, I wonder. No, I, yep. Got it. Heard. Oh <laughs> so my I just want to, I want to make sure yeah. I reiterate that to those that might not have a wonderful therapist like I do, um, that maybe this podcast is therapy to them because it has been to me a couple of times already. And oh, um, good. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure that anyone that hears this knows. That they are absolutely valid no matter what stage they are at,
0: yeah. And you just are, it's not, yeah, it's not a you know, a level system. This is not like
1: exactly. it's yes. not like
0: I'm a level one and then you're like a level six. I'm a black like, belt
1: and <laughs> queer, like, <laughs>
0: yeah, like it's not, this is not like a ranking system, right? So, uh. no, I I'm, thank you for saying that. I'm glad you said that because I, hope, yeah, I hope that someone listening if they're, if they are feeling that way, that they feel validated in that. Um, I do want to touch on a little bit. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to talk about, because I think this is part of maybe the reason that I have not always been as proud of an ally as I should have been, but Mm -hmm. how we can navigate relationships with people who maybe don't understand or believe what we believe. And yeah. <laughs> again, we kind of touched on already a little bit. Like we fear we don't understand, you know, we mm-hmm. avoid speaking up because it's just, it has, it sometimes can feel not worth it. And, and what I right. mean by that is, is it worth getting in a fight with someone I've been friends with since I was five? I think my, absolutely, yeah. I think my, my old mindset and what I'm trying to shift away from is in my old mindset, it was, no, it's not worth it. I love that person. I don't want Mm -hmm. to not have their friendship, whatever, but how I've kind of shifted my mindset is loving and supporting my LGBTQ friends and community is worth that. And if, Mm -hmm. if that means that I have to, be a little uncomfortable with someone else that I do deeply love and respect Mm -hmm. and admire, then that's what I'm going to do. And if they can respect and hear what I'm saying and they don't have to agree, like you said, like you can live, you can live your life. And I think that has been in the last few years, that has been a tension point for me because I don't live in our small town anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've moved away and I have lived in a lot of places and I've learned a lot of things and I've learned things from people everywhere I've gone, you know, and it's, I've taken the good and the bad. And I think that for me, I have been struggling lately with, when I say lately, the last handful of years that has sure. been a, a total shitstorm of
1: society. <laughs> yes. um, Time is, isn't real, Elliot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. Is that like, I there was a period of time where I was like, I don't know that I want to be friends with someone who thinks like that. Mm -hmm. And I just still don't know. (laughs) And I, I, it's so
1: hard. It really is.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm kind of like thinking, I'm like speaking my random thoughts out loud, but I guess. Yeah. My question is in your life personally, Mm -hmm. have you been able to navigate relationships with people who don't necessarily understand and or agree, but have you been able to maintain a relationship?
1: Yeah. So this is the hardest question that you will ask me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There, unfortunately, I have lost a lot of people since coming out and being fully who I am. And initially that really, really hurt. Um, it was very lonely. It can still be lonely sometimes. Um, but in my heart of hearts, I know that if they can't love me where I'm currently at, then they didn't fully love me before. And I need to just mourn that as a loss. Amen. If someone wants to come along with me and tell me, I don't really understand, but I'll try. Okay. I can work with that. And I I will use my parents as a prime example of this. They were both, well, mostly my mom, through the roof ecstatic when I came out, right? Right. It wasn't until I told them that we were being polyamorous that they really, I saw them get uncomfortable for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I totally get it. Polyamory is not for everybody on the same token monogamy is not for everybody as you can see by the divorce rates in this nation yeah I think the way that my parents are viewing who I am as a person now is with that I don't understand it but I'm gonna try yeah and I appreciate that from them because that's a lot I've given them a lot of Curveballs over the last few years. Yeah, girl,
0: you're dropping bombs. I'm I'm like, I'm literally picturing certain people (laughs) listening to this, and they are actually (laughs) losing their minds. Which, which I'm going to be completely transparent. I was Mm -hmm. very, very, very hesitant to do this episode. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get upset. Um, but you
1: can cry if you need to. I've already no, gotten pretty I, close a couple times, or you can get pissed. I'll be there with you. But
0: <laughs> I don't want, like you said, you don't want to hide who you are, and I don't want to hide who I am.
1: Like, there yeah. are
0: people in my life that are going to be shocked to hear me saying some of this
1: stuff. Um, yeah. but you're and, living your truth, and yeah, and I want if you and can't I, do
0: that, <laughs> I, right? And I don't, um, god, I've I'm hormonal today. I'm not, I'm, I'm not pregnant. I'm on my period. I'm just going to be honest. I should have um, sent you
1: chocolate. Jeez. Oh my gosh.
0: But I went to, I wanted to tell you this because I was like, oh my gosh, it was just like, and this is a whole nother topic, but it was when it comes to <laughs> God and church and religion. But yeah. Um, I'll come I, back for part two. <laughs> yeah. I um, went to see a speaker, well, two speakers on Friday with my sister and my niece. And it was kind of like a like a god moment honestly it was crazy because the I didn't know what they were speaking on I just knew who they were and I lo- follow them and I I enjoy them both mm-hmm. and they both are Christian and um so I didn't know what I was walking into, but right. the, the one speaker, um, he spoke on basically about, um, his whole thing. He has a book, which I can link. It's really good. I haven't finished it, but it's called, um, how to human. His name is Carlos Whitaker.
1: <laughs> Do you know like who that. he is? I don't, but the okay. title of that is exactly at human. my alley. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So, um, and so the whole thing, I won't go too far into it, but his whole talk was about how we've really lost in the last, especially in the last few years, but we've really lost like the humanity and like finding the humanity in our everyday and just seeing people for the humans that they are. Yeah. And so he had like three steps basically uh, to get back to what he hopes is a better world, and it was be human, see human, free human. So, oh yeah, like just we're human we just are human you know so just be, just be yourself be human and then to see human is to see people for who they really are and Mm -hmm. to see them and fully see them not just oh you know oh there's ellie she's white middle class married with a kid and a dog and a pick a fest and you know all the things yeah like right see me for like who i am And then to free them. And so just let them be free to be who they are. And one of the things that he talked about was the idea and he, you know, tied it into actually a whole biblical story. And I don't even remember what it was, but he talked about like the chariot and that someone might be on a different chariot than you. And they may, basically, you may need to get into their chariot to get where you need to go. And you may Mm not agree. agree with who they are you may not agree with their politics you may not agree with whatever but you can still be a human see that they are human and free mm-hmm. them to be who they are and that's and that was like the most I was like I, I needed to hear this so badly yeah. tonight yeah. Like it was like because I was as, as, as excited for this conversation, I was very nervous because I know yeah. that there are going to be people that listen to this that are like, what in the actual hell? I had yeah. no idea, not even about you. I had no idea that Ellie <laughs> even was yeah. and considered herself an I ally. Consider
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: so I just want to be my authentic self and and make sure that I am not being inauthentic to make other people yeah. comfortable. Good. And I think that that is what I have been doing. And so if you're listening to this and you are shocked and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who she is. You do know who I am. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another part of me that I want people to know that I am very much a proud ally.
1: So, Yeah, that's really great too. And I think um, we need we need the loudness of allies like this. Like I was saying earlier, it is we're tired, we're gay and we're tired. And it's, it's one thing for me to do educational things for like my job, I do that for work. Or yeah, when a friend reaches out and says, Hey, I want to put you on a podcast. I'm like, are you sure? about that?" (laughs) But something that is really important for allies to know too, is yes, if you have queer people in your lives, they are a resource. But that's not their job, right? No, their job is not to educate you when you have the whole freaking internet available, right? Right. I'm happy to give you some resources on where to start, but I cannot hold your hand through all of it. um, Because I've got enough to do already. (laughs) And I learned that um, from a queer that I met at a work conference, it was delightful, the conversations we got to have together. And I I don't even remember the question I asked her. And she said to me, I know you're coming from a place of love, because you want to learn But you have the internet for that i'm eating my lunch good for her yeah and i said oh my god thank you yeah yeah yeah. thank you so what are you doing this weekend and i changed (laughs) the subject we moved on right but i thought about that and i i didn't realize like the white privilege in me was like well you're black tell me about it Mm -hmm. now the queer non-privilege in me is saying hey figure it out. Like, there's so many good resources. You can go on the Human Rights Campaign's website. You can go on the Trevor Project. You can go on all these great places that it's their job to educate about that. And just let me drink my iced coffee in peace. Okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> I am not here just to educate you. I'm just trying to, you know, grocery shop, like chill. Right. Um, but yeah, the fact that you're able to take, you have a platform to do that on. That's a really good way to be an ally. If you can put any type of pride thing on your social media as like a, Hey, happy pride loves an ally. Right. It's, it's so simple, but it is so like, you do open yourself up then and you just have to be ready to be a little judged, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> for lack of better term. Yeah. Um, but like navigating those relationships. Yeah. You're going to have to have some hard conversations. Um, you're going to have to, call something out eventually when you hear it and you're like, ha crap, but there, there is a kind way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually, Ellie, I'm going to recommend a book to you because you said you're a people pleaser. Yes. Um, there's a book about boundaries by Melissa urban. And I don't know if you've seen the book, read the book, any of this, but she, so. um, she's one of the founders of whole 30, I think. Oh, which <laughs> random. I d- okay. Yeah, like I didn't, I don't know. I don't, I just eat. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> food is there. I put it in my body and I function. Right. Um, but she yeah. wrote this book about boundaries because she was like a chronic people pleaser and she was an addict and all these things. And I, it literally has changed my life. It has. It's one of those books that I'm like, oh, it's a self help book. But no, I'm like, dude, everybody should read this because setting boundaries within conversations where you hear something that you know you're not the only person that's like, ooh, like. What was that? It gives you literal step-by-step instructions on how to respond to that. Okay. Mm, and yeah. Yeah, I love that. It is, it is um, <laughs> something that I've learned and I practiced the other day and I didn't even realize I was practicing it because it was so natural finally, which was great. Um, I went to the post office to pick up work mail and there's an older gentleman standing at the station like addressing something and I walked in and he goes, well, hi there. How are you today? And you know, I live in a small town. I understand this, but I'm not always in the mood to have a full conversation at seven 30 in the morning. (laughs) And so I just said, Oh, good morning. And I walked to the PO box that I was checking and he goes, what you got on your plate today? And old M would have been like, Oh, just going to work. Or like, I would have made polite small talk. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to, yeah, And every part of me was like, you owe this person nothing. You already said good morning. <laughs> so this whole process took about two seconds because he said what you got on your plate today. And I turned to him and I said, oh, no, thank you. And I went back to checking the mail. <laughs> and I said I nothing mean... else to this person. And it it just, we could have another full conversation about the patriarchy and the harm that it does to men and women and non-binary <laughs> trans people, everything. But the fact that this man looked at me like, excuse me. And the fact that he thought I owed him more of a response than I already gave to him was a very empowering feeling for me to just be like, no, I don't want to spend my time and energy on this. So I'm not going to. And I didn't say it rudely. I didn't say like F off, which I could have. Um, I just said, oh, no, thank you. And I moved on and this book of boundaries taught me that I'm allowed to do that. And it's really hard to do that when you're a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I would recommend that for you.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I will. And I'll link it too in my show notes. And Emily yeah. did, um, or I'm sorry, did write up a um, list of some resources that I'll make sure I put in yes. the um, show notes as well. Um, but I do want to say too, it's funny that you you know the whole boundary conversation because I think what typically has happened when I've tried relationships with people who are saying things or co- commenting things or I'm mm-hmm. hearing things that I don't agree with is I tend I it's one of two ways I either don't mm-hmm. say anything at all or I like blow up yeah. and I and I <laughs> I, don't, I get it yeah and it's like okay that's not helpful though like it's Mm -hmm. you know maybe the rage is there for a reason and and it maybe is needed in some ways but Mm -hmm. if I want to have a like a constructive and helpful conversation I do need to learn some ways to like not get so heated and frustrated and maybe it's maybe it's like okay I, I attempt and if, you know, cause there are people that are just going to argue to argue and are just going to disagree and never, ever, ever, ever open their ears to want to listen to what you're saying. And you cannot change anything about that. I've had to learn that. Like there are some people (laughs) that just, they are not going to change their ways and it's not my job to, to make them change their ways. But if they open up a conversation and want to have a conversation, but then continue to still not actually have the conversation, right. then that's when I am like, okay, I will walk away from this out. Yeah, relationship, absolutely. from this conversation, whatever. And so,
1: yeah, it's, it's definitely an ongoing thing I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's not I am easy. happy to be your resource. I know I said, don't, expect your queer people to I I'm letting you know Ellie personally you can always ask me questions you can always reach out I am so happy to be able to like share this in our friendship this is one of those things that it's not a burden to me and is I know how to say no thank you yes (laughs) as demonstrated at the Hastings post office Oh well I love
0: it well I am gonna ask you one more question and it is just for fun because I ask everyone this question yes so if you could do anything right now
1: or this week or this year or whatever just for
0: the hell of it nothing getting in your way what would it be
1: yeah I am very grateful that I've listened to enough of your episodes to know this question was coming (laughs) because I've put a lot of thought into it oh okay Um, yeah I if I could do anything just for the hell of it, I would actually sit down and write a parenting book.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. You would yeah. be
1: so good at that. You I are... have so many thoughts. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think
0: you so, should do it. Start drafting it in your spare time, you know? I write. So I much. jot down notes
1: here and there. And um, I'm actually teaching a gentle parenting session tomorrow for our camp counselors for the summer so that they know what it's like to talk to kids respectfully so yeah I I love that just start with those notes and just crank it out maybe someday I'll be on here talking about my book oh my gosh (laughs) I would love that
0: and I I have to say I mean I obviously am again watching you parent from afar but I have just like loved to watch you What to see you how you parent your your kids and yeah, how you let them be a hundred percent themselves and love them for every quirk and silly and you know, crazy personality trait. And I just, I really do admire (laughs) it and I just, I think it'd be awesome. So I fully hundred percent, um, and behind you on this book. Awesome. So, okay. I'll send you my notes. <laughs> yeah. So start drafting. We'll get, yes. you know, we'll, we'll do a little, we'll do some, I'll do your marketing for free. Like hey, I'll, pro, there we go. Bono. So, all right. Well, Perfect. Thank you for doing this. It really means a lot to me. I hope this is helpful for so many people. I think it will be, um, thank yeah. you for helping me be brave. Thank you for being brave. And oh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I will hopefully see you soon. Yeah. That's the
1: plan, huh? (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, friends, if you hung on through that full episode and you listened and learned, thank you. I am so thankful to Em for being brave and speaking on this topic and sharing their story and helping me to be brave and stand up for what I believe without concern about what other people are going to think. I want to continue to learn and be better and be a stronger ally and safe space for members of the LGBTQ community. Take a look in the show notes for a few of the different resources we discussed in this episode, plus some others that Em wanted to share with all of us. I want everyone to know that this is a space for love and you are all welcome and safe here. I saw a quote the other day that I think wraps this all up perfectly. Encouraging someone to be entirely themselves is the loudest way to love them. And that's my new plan. So thank you for being here, friends. I love you all. I'll see you next week.